0: Thank you for joining us for the True Life Fellowship Church podcast. Here is today's message from Pastor Devon Alexander. Open your Bibles to Acts chapter 26 and meet me at verse 12. Acts chapter 26 and verse 12. And the word of the Lord says as follows. While thus occupied, as I journeyed to Damascus, with authority and commission from the chief priests, at midday, O king, along the road, I saw a light from heaven, brighter than the sun, shining all around me and those who journeyed with me. And when we had all fallen to the ground, I heard a voice speaking to me and saying in the Hebrew language, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? It is hard for you to kick against the goads. So I said, who are you, Lord? And he said, I am Jesus, whom you are persecuting. But rise and stand on your feet, for I have appeared to you for this purpose, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and of the things which I will yet reveal to you. I will deliver you from the Jewish people, as well as from the Gentiles, to whom I now send you, to open their eyes in order to turn them from darkness to light and from the power of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who sanctified by faith in me. Therefore, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. Will you pray with me? Father, thank you for this opportunity to share your word, Thank you that our eyes see, our ears hear, our heart understands what the Spirit of the Lord will say to us today. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight and beneficial to your people. In Jesus' mighty name, come on, somebody shout amen. Amen. Today, I want to talk to you about the power of looking forward. The power of looking forward. Put that in the comments right now. The power of looking forward. In this passage of scripture that we just read, we understand here that the apostle Paul is a mighty man of God at this point in time. He is the writer of over two thirds of the New Testament. God has used this man mightily and this man has made an impact upon the earth while he was living and yet dead. He is still currently making an impact. His writings are studied. His writings are gospel unto us. His writings of of, is, is how we really form and shape our lives. We are greatly impacted by the writings of the Apostle Paul. And here he tells a story before he was the famous Apostle Paul. He was known by a man named Saul. And Saul was a man who somehow murdered Christians, men and women and children. He was anti-Jesus. And this man did not have uh, a, a, a transformation at this point in his life, he thought what he was doing was the right thing by eliminating this, these Jesus followers, these Christians. And so he's telling this story to a king, and he's communicating to this king about how he was transformed on the road to Damascus. Now, in Acts chapter 9, there's more of this story for you to check out and look at and study and see what happened to Paul or Saul, I should say, on the road to Damascus before he became the Apostle Paul. And But here he is sharing his testimony with King Agrippa. And he says, King Agrippa, listen, as I journeyed, I was moving on the road to Damascus. I was headed to go secure, kill, and eliminate Christians. But then a light came down from heaven and it was midday, it was noon and this light shines so bright from heaven that it literally knocked him down to the ground and not only him, but his companions as well. Now, I don't know about you, but I have never experienced a light so bright that it knocked me down. He tells King Agrippa, this light was so bright, it was brighter than the sun, and we all fell to the ground. Now, I want you to understand that light is not color, but light is power. Listen to me now, light is power. Matter of fact, scripture tells us that light is God, or we should say God is light, and in him... There's no darkness at all. So we understand Jesus is light. God is light and light brings revelation. That's what light does. It brings revelation. You are able to see things that you have never seen before. Come on, somebody say, God, give me light. God, show me light. God, reveal to me. You are light. And give me this light. And so Saul is experiencing light. It knocks him to the ground. It's brighter than the sun. In Acts chapter 9, we find out that the light was so bright that it blinded him. And so when he gets up, he hears a voice. Matter of fact, no, the light's so bright, he's still on the ground, and he hears a voice talking to him. And this voice says to him, Saul, Saul, why are you persecuting me? And then the voice says to him, why are you running against the calling on your life? Now, this voice begins to talk to him, and they have never been introduced. And so someone knows Saul, but Saul doesn't know who it is. Aren't you glad that God knows you? He knows you. He knew you before he even introduced himself to you. And he knows you. God knows you. And he says, Saul, Saul, why are you running against the call? And Saul says, who are you, Lord? He knew enough to call him master. He knew enough to call him ruler. Who are you, Lord? And the voice says, I am Jesus, the one whom you're persecuting. And so he identifies, I am the one whom you are attacking. I am the one whom you are fighting against. And when you are fighting against my people, you are fighting against me. Ooh, that's good news. That's good news that when opposition is not fighting against you as saints of God, then that opposition is literally fighting against God himself. That is good news because God himself will defend you. God himself will protect you. God himself will deliver you. God himself will fight the battles for you. Matter of fact, there are battles that you're going to have to just simply stand still and see the salvation of the Lord because God himself will fight the battles for you. That's good news. That is good news today that God's going to fight battles for me. And so he tells Saul, he says, Saul, stand up, rise up. Because I have appeared to you for this purpose. Here is the reason for your existence. Here is the reason I created you. Here is the reason I appeared to you. Here is the reason why I'm shining light on you for this purpose. And he says, to make you a minister and a witness, both of the things which you have seen and the things which you are yet to see. And then he says, to open the eyes. Now, this is so very important that the purpose of Saul, who is now the Apostle Paul, is to open eyes. He says, I want you to open eyes. And then he says to him, and then I want you to uh, help people see that they are in darkness, but you are going to show them light. I want you to help people to see that they're under the power of Satan. But I want you to reveal to them my power, the power of God. I want you to help people see that they need forgiveness of sins. And I want you to help people see that they have an inheritance, meaning they could be a part of the family of God. And so God Through the Lord Jesus Christ, revealed to Saul his purpose, the reason for existence. And notice, I love the first thing he said to him, it's to open eyes. Now, many of us have physical sight. Thank God, what a blessing it is to have physical sight. But here, God wants Paul to open the eyes spiritually of the people that are blind. And I'm here today to encourage you to open your eyes. Understand what God through Christ Jesus gave Saul was vision. He gave him vision and he gave him the power to look forward. He says, I've given you a plan. I've given you vision. I've given you something to accomplish. I've given you the power to look forward. And so later on, he tells him, too, hey, I'm going to deliver you from people. Some of you right now in the sound of my voice are being delivered from people. There are people that you need to be delivered from. God is going to deliver you from people. There are some friends that aren't really your friends. There are some family members that are not really on your side. There are some people that you think are for you. They are not for you. God says, I'm going to deliver you from those people. And then he says, I'm going to give you new people. I'm going to send you new people. I'm going to send you people that will support you. I'm going to send you real genuine people that will connect with you. I'm going to send you people. That's why you can't be too upset when people leave you. You can't be too upset when people no longer walk with you or, or you've lost friends. I've lost friends. Yes, you can't be too upset because God is saying, I am going to send you new people. Glory be to God. There was one particular time I was in college and I wasn't uh, serving the Lord like I should in college. And my mom went to a prayer group at the church that she was a part of. And in the prayer group, they were praying in the spirit. They were praying in tongues and they kept hearing the name Devon. Well, obviously, you know, that's my name. And so when they got done praying, my mom went to the leader of this group and said, you kept saying Devon. Devon is my son. And she said, I kept hearing this name Devon. So they end up talking. She said, tell your son that there are a group of friends that he needs to no longer hang with. And so my mom called me and she said, Devon in prayer group, your name came up. Now you gotta understand, I'm like, whoa, God's thinking about me? And these people that don't even know me, are praying and my name came comes up in their group and the word of the Lord was there are a group of people that you need to stop hanging out with well I knew right away who that group of people were they were not leading me on the path of righteousness <laughs> and so I had to and it was hard but I had to cut them off I was delivered from them so that I can reach new people there are some people in your life and I didn't intend on saying this, but so this must be by the spirit of God. And I don't know who I'm talking to, but there are some people in your life. It's time to sever the relationship. It's time to say, you know what? You and our relationship is not taking me forward. I can't continue to look forward in this relationship. Now, I'm not saying go divorce your spouse. I didn't say that. No, work it out. Work it out. You got married. You, you commit it. Work it out. I did not say divorce your spouse. Don't leave for saying, Pastor said, sever the relationship. I'm not talking about your spouse. Y'all work it out. But there are some people in your life that it's time to sever so that God can cause you to be connected with new people. Some of you are dating people that you know you're not going to marry. Go ahead and cut that off. You're wasting time. God's not going to send anybody new if you're going to continue to date someone that you know you're not going to marry. Because you're afraid of being lonely No, cut that off Sever that relationship You don't have time to waste And present yourself as a candidate So God can bring someone to you That you can spend your life to That you live with That you can sacrifice your life And give unto that person Because it's a God-ordained relationship Who am I talking to? Whoever it is Listen and heed the word of the Lord And so God gave the Apostle Paul vision. And then the last thing he says to King Agrippa, he says, King Agrippa, I was not disobedient to the heavenly vision. You know, sometimes following a heavenly vision will cause you to move from one state to another state that has no promise of anything. Yeah, sometimes heavenly vision will cause you to look like a fool. Sometimes heavenly vision will cause you to look like a fanatic. Sometimes heavenly vision will cause you to leave a six-figure paying job to go into the ministry. Sometimes heavenly vision will cause you to do some things that your family members and your friends say is idiotic and stupid. But understand, heavenly vision is not created. Heavenly vision is discovered. God must reveal heavenly vision to you and when he reveals heavenly vision to you you will see opportunity That's right when you receive heavenly vision you will re- you will see opportunity to be a blessing because heavenly vision is always unselfish Let me say that again heavenly vision is always unselfish Heavenly vision is a pictured goal that God has for your life. You were created for a purpose. You were created on purpose. And heavenly vision is a specific goal, a specific picture that God has for your life. Matter of fact, I'm going to say this because you need to hear it. You are an assistant to God fulfilling his heavenly vision. You don't have a vision. Well, people walk around. I got a, I got, I got a vision. I got a vision. You don't have a vision. It's God's vision and you are called to assist him in fulfilling his vision. That's what heavenly vision is all about. Finding out what God has for you and then assisting him in the heavenly vision that he has prepared for your life. And I think Too often, many people don't know what to do with their life because they're trying to muster up and conjure up a vision for their life. And they have not tapped into God's vision for their life. And God wants to reveal his vision for your life. He wants to reveal his pictured goal for you for your life. God wants to show you your purpose in life. I don't care how old you are. I don't care how young you are. You can receive heavenly vision from God and he's the one that's going to reveal it to you. Many of you know this story I, as a, I received the Lord Jesus Christ as an eight-year-old boy, and around the age of 11, uh, I, I always, in my heart, I, I always were tender to the things of God. I loved God, and I, I love this word, and, and even at a young age, I mean, I just, I, I like devotion time, and. And now I will be honest here. My, my mom used to have devotions with me. And sometimes there were spankings doing devotions because I wanted to do something different. I didn't always want to have devotions. And there used to be spankings doing devotions. <laughs> mom, I love you. Thank you. Because I turned out okay. But <laughs> devotion time was not always a special time. But I always had a tender heart for the Lord. And one particular time around 11 years old, I jump out the shower. And the mirror was all foggy and I had an what I would call an open vision scripture would call an open vision I looked in the mirror and I saw people just different colors races classes of people just all in the mirror and the Lord spoke to me and said Devon I want you to help deliver these people and I, that was a vision that 11 year old 11 years old I had and I knew I was called to preach. I knew I was called to help people experience true life. I didn't know how it was going to happen. And next week, we're going to talk a little bit about how to fulfill God-given vision. I didn't know how it was going to happen, but I knew at 11 years old, I was called to help people experience true life, to deliver them, to open their eyes, to turn them from Satan to God, to help them receive forgiveness and let them know they can be a part of the family. I knew that God had called me at 11 years old. Now, I didn't always want to be a preacher. I didn't always want to be a pastor. I, I wanted to be a businessman. I wanted to be a financial advisor. I wanted to make a lot of money, and I had an opportunity to do some of those things. But the vision, I couldn't be disobedient to the heavenly vision. I wanted to help people. And this is what vision is all about. It is always unselfish. The vision... The vision that God has given you should be to help people. Uh, it Your vision shouldn't just simply be, I just don't want to work anymore. Uh, that's not a vision from God. That's selfish and lazy. Your vision should be, I want to help people. What? Why do you want to do what you want to do? Why is it that you want these things, or you, you, you don't want to work at your job or, or, or you don't want to do some of these other tedious things. Why is that the case? It should always be because I want to help people. God's heart beats people. If you can hear his heart beating, it would beat people, 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 people. And you are his assistant to help him help people. You are the body of Christ. And so God will reveal to you your purpose so that it can help humanity. That should be the reason behind your vision. God's vision for your life would cause you to see opportunities to help folks. God's vision for your life would cause you to see ways that you can be a blessing. And don't wait. To help, I'm not going to do anything until I can help hundreds of thousands of people. No, just do for one what you wish you can do for everybody. Did you get that? Do for one what you wish you can do for everybody. That's what heavenly vision is all about. I wrote some things down where heavenly vision is concerned. Your vision is your preferred future from God. What God reveals to you is your preferred future from him. And vision makes the unseen visible and the unknown possible. It makes the unseen visible and the unknown possible. Vision allows you to see clearly and to pursue what you see. You will see things clearly and pursue what you see. You cannot have a fresh vision from God and be depressed. (laughs) If you are depressed. It is because you don't have a fresh vision from God. If you have a fresh vision from God, it should excite you. Ignite something in you and cause you to pursue it with all the passion and energy that you have because that vision is from God and it's helping him fulfill his purpose on the earth. The depressed are inspired by vision. If you are depressed, allow God's vision to inspire you. Matter of fact, a corporate vision, this is why you should be a part of a church, because a corporate vision should inspire you where your personal vision are concerned. A, a vision, our vision here at True Life Fellowship Church, we exist so that people will experience true life and we are committed to love. What is that? Believing and receiving the love of God is the foundation of true life. We're committed to learn because we're going to grow as we begin to learn to know God better and better. We're going to live by faith. The just shall live by faith. And we're going to live what we have learned. And then we're going to lead and we're going to influence people for Jesus. That's the corporate vision of our house. Love, learn, live, lead. And your personal vision should fall under that corporate vision and bring you excitement. You should be excited about helping the broken or helping the homeless or helping see things, people see things they haven't seen before, providing food or, or providing a way to, to be a blessing to someone that should ignite you because it's God's vision in your life and you are his assistant to get it fulfilled on this earth. Come on, somebody say amen. I'm preaching better than you shouting. Somebody put in the comments, that's mine. This is a good word. I'll receive it. I'll have it. I'll take it. I have heavenly vision. That should be a confession of yours every day. I have heavenly vision. Sight, I like this. Helen uh, Keller said this. Helen Keller said this. Is there anything worse than being blind? Yes, having sight with no vision. Is there anything worse than being blind? Having sight with no vision. Sight is the function of the eyes, but vision is the function of the heart. Sight is the function of your eyes, but vision is the function of your heart. I heard T.D. Jake say this, and I thought it was really, really good. He says, it is a painful thing to be a visionary. A visionary sees what shall be and wakes up to deal with what is. And so sight's the function of your eyes. And you can be discouraged when you start only looking at the lens of your eyesight. Or looking to the left, looking to the right. That could be depressing. But vision is a function of the heart. So you're going to have to have spiritual eyesight to see from the in the unseen realm that your work is manifesting that you are making progress and although you may not see the progress you're making progress matter of fact we took Zarek J to uh, the doctors early this week for a seven-year-old physical checkup and you know what he got taller and he weighs more than his six-year-old checkup now I didn't see the growth Naturally, I didn't see him growing centimeter by centimeter by centimeter. I didn't see that. But over time, there was progress. And this is what vision, uh, spiritual vision does. You may not always naturally see the progress, but your spiritual eyes should say, I am making progress. I say this all the time. It's a process, and I am making progress. Come on, put that in the comments. It's a process. And I am making progress. Come on, say it out loud. It's a process and I am making progress. This is your faith speaking. And so one more time, I like what T.D. Jake says. It's a painful thing to be a visionary. A visionary sees what shall be and wakes up to deal with what is. <laughs> that is so true. We wake up to deal with what is, but we got to deal with what is, but we got to continue to be a visionary to see what shall be. Vision and the fulfillment of vision takes time and patience. It takes endurance. And pursuit of your vision is what identifies your desire. So you must pursue vision. And when you pursue vision, You identify desire and your desire is what propels you to continue. While you are working on the vision, God is working on you. While you are working on the vision that God's given you, God is working on you. And that's the whole, that's the whole process, right? God's not Uh, creating the blessing for you the blessing has already been created for you God is creating you for the blessing do you understand? He's got to work on you so that when you obtain what he has for you, you're actually able to stand there. You're able to, to grab a hold of it and say, having done all the stand, I will stand. The reason why some things are taking longer than they, than they should, because God's trying to get some things out of you that don't belong in you. God's trying to develop you and and cultivate you. And the reason why you're not exposed yet in the areas that you want to be exposed in is because God is getting you ready. So when he does shine the light on what you're doing, you're ready to stand there and accept the persecution that comes along with it. I was talking to a pastor friend of mine, and it's taken me years to get to this point. Years. But I'm finally to the point is I don't care. (laughs) Well, D- Devon, they're saying this and they're saying that about you. I don't care. Uh, well, d- d- Devon, they're, they're, your teaching is they're calling it heresy. I don't care. Well, Devon, you know, it looks like you're stealing money. I don't care. Because none of those things are true. You got to get to the point that you just don't care. How do you get to that point? Years of being cultivated and developed. Years of being persecuted. And there's more persecution. You know that? There's more persecution coming for you. Just go on. The Bible says the godly will suffer persecution. So if you're godly, you're going to suffer persecution. Don't be afraid of that. Allow God to develop you. And then when your vision that God has given you begins to unfold and to manifest, you'll be able to stand there strong under the, the, the guidance of the precious Holy Spirit. Hallelujah. I'm preaching better than you shall. And I preach myself happy today. Glory be to God. While you are working on the vision, God is working on you. I like what the Apostle Paul said in Philippians chapter three, verse 12 through 16. And I'm going to read this in the message translation. Philippians chapter three, verses 12 through 16. He says, I'm not saying that I have all this together, that I have it made, but I am well on my way Reaching out for Christ, who has so wondrously reached out for me. Friends, don't get me wrong. By no means do I count myself an expert in all of this. But I've got my eye on the goal where God is beckoning us onward to Jesus. I'm off and running and I'm not turning back. So let's keep focused on that goal. Those of us who want everything God has for us. And if any of you have something else in mind, something less than total commitment, God will clear your blurred vision. You'll see it yet. Now that we're on the right track, let's stay on it. There's a couple things I want you to see here. One, you're off, you're running, and you're not turning back. Keep your eye on the goal. But I love what the Apostle Paul said in this translation. He says, if your vision is blurred, God will clear it up. I declare over you in the matchless name of Jesus that your vision is being clear in the name of Jesus, that distractions are being eliminated, and that you are able to see clearly what the Lord would have for you to accomplish. Clear vision is the will of God for your life. I am off and running and not turning back. Put that in the comments. I am off. And running and not turning back. Say it out loud. I am off and running and not turning back. I like what the late great Dr. Martin Luther King says. He says, if you can't fly, then run. If you can't run, then walk. If you can't walk, then crawl. But you must keep moving forward. You got to keep going forward. Paul tells us in this passage, he uses the word onward, onward. That means forward, press ahead, go ahead, go forward, onward. We got to keep moving forward with the vision from God, the heavenly vision. Now, how do you discover heavenly vision? I wrote three questions down. How do you discover heavenly vision? Number one, ask yourself this question. Or let me say it this way. Uh, Number one, what frustrates you the most? How do you discover your vision? What frustrates you the most? That's the best way to discover the vision that God has for you. What what are you frustrated by? And whatever that frustration is, it's probably because you are called to assist God in the solution. I know when we we started True Life Fellowship Church, I was frustrated by people thinking that it was God's will for them to be broke, busted, sick, and disgusted. I was frustrated by people thinking God put the sickness on me and God's in control. That's why my baby got ran over by a Mack truck and God put this cancer on me and and God doesn't want me to prosper. And God just wants me to live paycheck to paycheck. And God just wants me to be poor and, and take a vow of poverty. That's not even biblical. None of those are biblical. And it frustrated me. And God said, John 10, 10, Devon, tell the people that I came to give them life and life more abundantly. Tell them I want them to enjoy life. Tell them I want them to succeed in life. Tell them I want to them to advance in life. Tell them that they can experience true life. Well, that frustration of this false belief amongst uh, you know, believers frustrated me to where I've got to do something about it. I've got to get the good news of the gospel of the Lord Jesus Christ out. What frustrates you the most? When you, when you identify that answer, you'll start seeing solutions. Remember, vision is discovered, not created. Number two, what do you want to do more than anything else, even if you were never paid for it? What do you want to do more than anything else, even if you were never paid for it? Now we're tapping into desire when you know that question and you can answer that one. Number three, what problem are you trying to solve? What problem are you trying to solve? There are problems out here in the in the world that we live in. God's called you to be a solution. God has literally created you on purpose for a purpose. There's a reason for your existence, and it is to be a solution in this environment. What problem are you trying to solve? Find out the problems. Matter of fact, you don't have to find them out. Just open your eyes. There are problems everywhere. Locate a problem. What does your heart gravitate towards and be a solution to that problem? You may not be able to... uh ultimately end all problems on the earth. But how do you eat an elephant? One bite at a time. One bite at a time. One bite at a time. And at some point, you keep eating that elephant, and that elephant's going to be gone one bite at a time. So what problem are you trying to solve? Remember, vision is always unselfish. Always unselfish. Now, Habakkuk 2, chapter 2, verse 2 and 3, Habakkuk chapter 2, verse 2 and 3 says, Then the Lord answered me and said, Write the vision and make it plain on tablets, that he may run who reads it. For the vision is yet for an appointed time, but at the end it will speak and it will not lie. Though it tarries, wait for it. Because it will surely come, it will not tarry. And I wrote these seven things down from this passage of scripture and I wanna communicate them to you right now. Get you a pen and pad. Matter of fact, someone put these seven things in the comments so everyone can see. Someone put them in the comments. Here we go. Number one, you have to write the vision. That's number one, write the vision. If you don't write the vision, then it's simply just an idea. But when you write it down, it becomes vision. Write the vision. Number two, make it plain. So that means it must be clear. Write the vision and then make it plain. Make it a clear vision. Create it to be a vision that can be transferable. What do I mean by that? It is so clear that you can tell someone else the vision and they can remember it. So number one, write the vision. Number two, make it plain. Number three, that he may run who reads it. Put that in the comments, somebody, that he may run who reads it. So that means this vision must be motivating. This heavenly vision from God has to motivate you so that you can run. When you read it, it it should motivate you to run. Glory to God. Number four, wait for it. Wait for it. That means stay consistent and receive it with patience. Wait for it. Stay consistent and receive it with patience. You know, consistency, there is power in consistency. Stay consistent. If a water drop was to drop and hit this concrete floor consistently, At some point in time, it will make an impact in the concrete. Why? Because the consistency of the water drop. You must be consistent. Number five, it has an appointed time. It has an appointed time. Galatians tells us, don't grow weary in well-doing, for you shall reap if you do not quit. It has an appointed time. Number six, it tarries. It tarries. That simply means it is often delayed. I know it feels that way. The fulfillment or the accomplishment of your vision is often delayed. It tarries. And number seven, it shall surely come. It shall surely come. The fulfillment is certain. It shall surely come. And, and I want to challenge you. The Spirit of God just spoke to me. I want to challenge you to think generations to think about your children, to think about your grandchildren. I, I, I heard a story of a man. He was a pastor and his and the man passed away and his son became the pastor. And the son told a story about how this man always wanted a New York Times bestselling book. He never received a New York Times bestselling book, but his son did. The man always wanted... Certain things to occur in his life. And the man never received those things to occur, but they all happened for his son. The vision is alive and it can affect your children and your grandchildren and your great grandchildren. Oh, you might be saying, but it's not working for me. It might work for your son. And I, and, and forgive me, Lord. I don't even want to use the word might. It will work for your son. And if it doesn't work for your son, it'll work for your grandson. It'll work. The vision is going to work in your life. The fulfillment is certain. And most of the time, listen to me now, most of the time, provision is usually hidden until you act on your vision. Provision is usually hidden until you act on your vision. Let me say it for the people over here. Provision is usually hidden until you act on your vision. When we started True Life Fellowship Church, you've heard me tell this story before. I made an announcement to a handful of folks that we were going to start. And as soon as I did that, these handful of folks started providing money, thousands of dollars. Like, hey, I got $1,200 I want to share with you. I got $600. I've got $1,000 I want to sow into the vision. It would have never happened until we acted on the vision. And when we act on the vision, God released the provision. Some of you are waiting for the provision until you act on the vision. And God's saying, I need you to act on the vision and I will provide the provision. So you get that pro-vision, acting on the vision. It's it's for the vision, pro, for the vision, provision. But you got to act on the vision and God will provide the provision. Let me pray for you. Father, in the name of Jesus, open eyes so that people will see the light of your glory and they will know exactly what to do. Let them see clearly. Let them see without hesitation, reservation. Let them see what you have called them to accomplish. And Father, help us see greater and greater things. Help us not limit you in the vision that you've given us, but to take the limits off and to see things from your perspective. Help us be Assistance that you can lean on and rely on and we will, prov- we will produce with your help the vision you called us to accomplish. In Jesus' mighty name. Now write this in the comments and say this out loud. I have a vision from God. Come on, put that in the comments and say it out loud. I have a vision from God. Come on. I have a vision from God, but I don't feel like I have a vision from God. I have a vision from God. I haven't heard God's voice in a long time. I have a vision from God. God doesn't seem to be speaking to me anymore. I have a vision from God. That vision will ignite and excite you and depression must leave and sadness must leave. And all these negative things occurring in your mind must leave because you've got a heavenly vision and you're going to run with it in the name of Jesus. You have been listening to the ministry of Devon Alexander, pastor of True Life Fellowship Church in Charlotte, North Carolina. For more information, go to our website at www. TrueLifeFC.org. You can also support this ministry financially through our website. Thank you and remember to love, learn, live and lead.